Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. Welcome to the Mindvine Podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers. I'm flying solo as we do this special series of episodes featuring uh, participants from our Protecting Minds uh, campaign, which Ontario Shores Centre for Mental Health Sciences is launching in collaboration with the Ontario Shores Foundation to not only raise awareness around mental health issues, uh, the work of Ontario Shores, but also to raise funds to support programs for people living with uh, mental illness. And um, this series is it's an interesting opportunity to get to know some of our participants, which um, vary across the Ontario and, and diverse in terms of their experience with, with mental illness as well. And uh, today we are pleased to welcome uh, Robin Simpson. Robin is right there. Hello. How are you? Hello, Daron. Good. How are you? Well, thank you. So before we get into Robin's mental health journey, you are a participant in our upcoming campaign, which uh, people can check out at protectingminds.ca. Uh, you'll start to see some of the ads on social media as well as uh, on that website, um, a few billboards in and around the greater Toronto area as well. And as I kind of alluded to, um, People featured in the campaign have lived experience with mental illness and uh, desire to advocate. And Robin, uh, being one of our participants, tell us a little bit about your mental health Mm. journey. Well, my mental health journey has been an interesting one. I feel like that's the case with a lot of journeys. Um, I think it really started back for me when I was younger. Um, I had a lot of difficulties with what I now know was anxiety. Um, So just a lot of hard time just focusing in class, um, getting along with my peers, just following through with like just expectations in the classroom and whatnot. And um, it wasn't until we kind of moved from Ajax to Whitby, um, I really started to struggle a bit more with depression. just kind of being in an environment that I was so used to. And then now I'm in this new town where not everybody looks like me. Um, I just started to really seclude in my own room more. Um, By the time I got into high school, it was just mostly all just an act, you know, you do what you can do to get through the day. And um, that's what I was doing at that point. There was just a lot of anxiety just to get into the classroom. Um, Just a lot of issues with just dealing with my emotions and whatnot. So um, just a really difficult time in my teenage years, struggling with anxiety and depression. Um, When I got into college, um, my anxiety came back even more full blown. Um, I was having issues getting on the train And that almost cost me my education because I wasn't able to get to class. So um, was missing out on classes and then also missing out, um, obviously, on important subjects and grades and whatnot. So um, it's been an interesting journey where I've had to learn how to manage 
in a space that I don't necessarily have felt welcomed in, like coming from a Jamaican um, background, like mental health was never really spoken about. So I felt like the black sheep in my family, but then entering into the mental health system, I felt like the black sheep there as well, because I didn't really fit the stereotypes, you know? So um, it was just hard to just kind of figure out what was really going on with me and who I was, even just like as um, a teenager becoming into a woman. Um, I struggled a lot with self-harm. As I mentioned before, like with the anxiety, with the depression, I kind of just secluded myself. So self-harm was a way that I was able to really just express what I was feeling and then go about my day. Um, so I picked up a lot of negative coping um, mechanisms. Um, it's interesting because now I feel like things have changed, which I'm so thankful for. Like even within my own family and my own background, um, a lot more conversations are occurring regarding mental health, but we still have like quite a journey to go. There's one thing that you said or early on that really struck with me or stuck with me. It was, I remember in my own experience, um, years ago going through a difficult time and, and talking to somebody and, and just kind of mapping it out and, and all the changes that were occurring in my life at that time. Right. That seemed mm -hmm. now, now I understand, you know, the kind of the impact that those changes had and they helped me see that. And I think uh, we don't really tend to, to notice the, the kind of the impact that change has on our life in general, let alone when you have a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. And for you, it's yeah. that, si that simple move one town over, but it, it, it seems yeah. simple on paper, but when, when you're actually living it and you're experiencing mm -hmm. all this change, it can be overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. It was a huge transition for me. Like, Back then, it was just a short little raggedy ride down the Roslyn Bridge, but that's been made over now. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was just a huge transition for me. Like, I was at that school for probably all the way up until grade seven. And then now here I was in Whippy where I didn't know anybody and, you know, not a lot of people as well looked like me either. So um, it definitely took a toll on my mental health. And I remember for like the last few final years of like elementary, I just really just kept to myself and nobody understood why, you know? Another piece that um, you talked about as part of the campaign, as we prepared kind of your story uh, was the, the TAMI program. Uh, the Together Against Mental Illness mm -hmm. program that you experienced yeah. in school. And, you know, for anybody watching or listening, it's, it's, uh, it's a program where people with lived experience and, and professionals that come into school and they try to break down the barriers associated with stigma, have conversations that you wouldn't ordinarily have, uh, mm -hmm. and, and kind of change the way we talk about, you know, our feelings and mental health and, and how we label individuals and issues and that really I mean thousands of kids have gone through that program mm -hmm. and and hopefully they've all had the same impact mm -hmm. that uh, that it had on you tell us a little bit about that experience as you can see I'm smiling because I love Tammy um, mm -hmm. Tammy has 
had a huge impact on my life. Um, I was probably a grade 11 student. Again, like didn't know what was going on with me, um, was doing a lot of Googling. And one day my teacher just said, you know, we're looking to take a few students to this conference. And um, I ended up going there, <coughs> excuse me, and hearing one of their speakers tell her story with like post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression. And it was the first time I heard somebody that was around my age really speak about those kind of things. And I could really relate, but um, that's actually how I got connected with Ontario Shores through that whole entire conference, because afterwards I went and spoke to that speaker and um, she told me, you know, where I could go and find help and whatnot. So it's just crazy that um, a few years later, um, that same program that helped me reached out to me and was just like, do you want to be one of our speakers? At first I was just like, no way am I doing this? Like, we don't talk about mental health in my home. We don't talk about mental health at my church. We don't talk about mental health in my community. And I'm going to have to be the one that kind of like has to go through all that. So I kept denying them. <laughs> and then eventually I was just like, you know what? This is important because I wish I had that growing up, like even within elementary. So I finally said yes. And what's been so amazing is that... <clears throat> I think I've been speaking with them for maybe about six or seven years, but from the first time um, I went and I did a conference, I said, you know, one day I hope that this space becomes more diverse and we see so many different kids coming from different backgrounds. Cause what was happening, I was going into the schools and um, I had a lot of students who were either immigrants or their families were just recently immigrated come to me and tell me about their mental health problems and how they could relate. And what's been so amazing is that I think the last two or three conferences I've been with at Tammy, just the population of who has been attending has changed so much, which shows that like we have come a long way with like educating and having more conversations on mental health. But, um, Tammy, I just, I really love that program. Um, it's just crazy how I was literally sitting there as a high school student. And then, you know, a few years later, um, get to have the same opportunity to share that hope with other students as well. You've mentioned before too, that when it comes to advocating, which, you know, speaking at Tammy is certainly, you know, advocacy and that you really want to focus or, or part of your focus you would like to be on the black and the Christian community and, mm -hmm. you know, obviously being involved in the church and why are those two, why is it important for you to, to kind of, to, to advocate or to break down the, some barriers in those particular communities? Mm -hmm. Well, I think mental health is very important. We need to start seeing it as our physical health. Um, I find a lot of the time in the black community, we're not really paying attention to our mental health. You know, we are a people in a community that actually walk with a lot of trauma and a lot of, of our responses and a lot of how we go about things, whether we know it or not, is based off, off of trauma. So um, my parents could have had a trauma in the Caribbean and then they come up into Canada and because they haven't learned how to deal with um, and cope with that trauma, it 
kind of triggers that mental health and then that's relayed on to me. And then you see it becomes a cycle. So um, talking about, you know, if you are sad, if you um, are experiencing anxiety, like those words, even depression would just be foreign being talked about. Um, even within the church community, there's just been this negative stigma um, around like, if you are coping with this and, you know, you're seemed kind of weak. Um, thankfully through, you know, a lot of education and just people talking a bit more about mental health, I've seen like drastic changes within um, even church communities that I've been a part of, like where they never would speak about it, but then now they have asked me to come in and talk about it um, because we're understanding that, you know, um, we're getting rid of those labels. Like, no, this doesn't mean we're crazy. No, this isn't just like a white person thing. Um, mental health affects us all and we need to be treating it like physical health. Um, but I think a lot, even just within the black community, um, we're not really identifying the trauma that we have gone through as people and how that's affecting us today. With everything going on in the world today, especially in the black community okay. with black lives matter. Yeah. And <clears throat> I would think like all, you know, as a spectator um, in seeing the protests and these uh, incidents all over the world, it would appear to me that this could be an opportunity where people may be experiencing trauma without necessarily realizing it, or it's bringing up trauma. So I, like it's, yeah. it almost seems yeah. like it's, it's, it's <clears throat> that mental health piece. While we don't equate that necessarily to what we see on the news and, and the, you know, the kind of the politicizing of the, of the issue, it's, it would seem to be pretty important right now. Yes, big time, big time. Um, because like I said, like even a few of my observations, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, a lot of people are hurt and they, they're not realizing how much that hurt has actually turned into um, an anger. So with all of these things, especially with the recent shooting of George Floyd, like even watching that video is trauma. You're watching somebody pass away. So if we have not, as a people, um, learned how to cope with mental health and learn how to identify our triggers, we watch that video and not realizing that is triggering trauma for us, is triggering um, past experiences for us that we have gone through. And within that, a lot of that hurt and anger rises up and results in what we've seen so far, protests, um, a lot of back and forth on social media and whatnot. So. It's very important to understand how all of these, I guess, I wouldn't even say recent because it's been going on for a long time, but more apparent in the media, how that's affecting our mental health. Because this is stuff that we have seen time and time again, even within our own homes. So how is that triggering us? But if we don't know anything about our mental health, we're not going to be aware about, about that piece. So it would seem like just listening to you talk and in the conversation mm -hmm. like advocacy seems like second hat to you um so when, <laughs> yeah i love it when, when you saw <laughs> when you saw our, our call on social media for people to, to volunteer to participate in the campaign to, to help mm -hmm. um, further the mental health movement um how much how much time did did you think about it before you sent that email or like what was uh like what did, yeah what was that process like 
Well, it's interesting that you say that because, and you mentioned the advocacy piece because somebody actually messaged me and they said, you know, I was sitting here and I was thinking, who would be bold enough to be a voice for us? And they're like, Robin. And so they're just like, so Ontario Shorts is doing this opportunity. And, and I looked at it and I immediately, like, I was like, yes. But then at the same time, I stepped back and I reread that message. And I was just like, wait, what? So I went back to the person. I said, you know, you should probably, um, you know, look into it as well. But I had not even realized or maybe because I have forgotten that there's still a lot of people who don't want to necessarily talk about their mental health and um, because of just the effects that would happen from their family and whatnot. So advocacy is a huge piece for me because I realized there in that moment that people were kind of seeing me as that like, oh, we, Robin will do it. <laughs> Not us, but Robin, Robin will, you know, be bold enough to go and just be out there like that. So after I finally like sat back and I took in the magnitude of not only what I was going to step into and not only what was asked of me, but what it kind of carries. And um, yeah, it was definitely a powerful conversation, but that's how it actually went. And then I finally, you know, forwarded the email um, because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's what I love, you know, a few years ago, unfortunately, I had a friend pass away, um, by suicide. And one of the few last words he said to me, and I think it really continues to drive me today. He said, keep being a voice for people like us. And, um, that's, that's really something that I keep in my heart. Um, whenever I'm doing these kind of talks and these kind of works is that, um, not everybody is able to have a voice. And if I'm able to be that voice for somebody, then um, I do it proudly. So uh, the campaign is, is kind of rolls out uh, in October, we through November, you'll probably be seeing it for, for months after that as well, because everything lives online for a very long time. Are you, well, I guess, I guess two parts to this question. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you nervous at all about your story being out there um, mm-hmm. on a more broad scale? And then mm-hmm. do you think it'll help or has your advocacy to this point helped in terms of bringing people together, whether there's friends or family, maybe understand you a mm-hmm. bit better? Um, yeah. Understand help with your relationship, but, you know, anything like that resonate? Yeah, like I'm definitely a little bit nervous nervous because as you mentioned, it's a bit more on the broader scale. Um, I think what I'm nervous about is stigma. Um, just even from again, like as I mentioned earlier, I had a lot of time navigating the mental health system because I didn't fit the stereotypes, right? So I think a lot of the times people have made or they have their pre-assumptions about me. So how is that conversation going to look like moving forward once, you know, they see me on an ad or they see me um, on a billboard. So I have really just had a conversation with myself and I see that as a perfect opportunity to educate and kind of show people that no mental health doesn't just have one face. Um, I definitely think it would help a lot in the advocacy piece. Um, You know, already just like, 
through social media and whatnot, I really tried to push um, a lot of education on mental health. So um, I think this is just like another really good step in the next direction. When we talked about the campaign uh, in the call out, we also like you know kind of mentioned the the pandemic and its impact on on mm -hmm. people. And certainly, there's going to be a big reason why we are going with the protectingminds.ca, the, the idea that there's a mental health pandemic on its way, that you know, we, wear, we wear a mask to protect our physical health right now. What are we doing to protect our minds as we kind of still yes. feel the, the long-term impact of, of what we're going through as a society? Uh, for you, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what happened to you during the pandemic and... Uh, and what, yeah. how, how you dealt with it. And uh, I know you have some news about what you're doing now. So just take us through a little bit of yeah. uh, that story. So I, <laughs> I moved into, I, I'm not gonna call it the middle of nowhere. I moved to a really uh, <laughs> kind of right before the pandemic started. So again, as I mentioned before, transitions and transitions are usually hard for me. So um, I don't know anybody in this town um, and it became hard, especially um, with the work that I was doing. So my role was being a crisis counselor in school. So once this shut down, a lot of it was online. And it was learning how to balance um, my mental health in working with a crisis when you're in the middle of a crisis, because a pandemic was a crisis. Um, it was hard because usually I'm used to, okay, I'm going to go and contact my friends. Like I can go out and meet them, but with the pandemic, you couldn't. So um, I tried to really just take advantage of what was around me. I know I love hiking. Um, I love being outdoors. So um, whenever I had the opportunity, I would just step out and go for a walk, but it really took a toll on my anxiety because just, really not knowing what the next day was going to look like. But during this pandemic, it was more amplified because our whole nation was like that, you know? Um, but over time, um, I definitely just learned new coping techniques, um, told myself, like, validated my experience. Like, you just moved, you're in a new town, you don't know anybody, it's a transition, and it's a pandemic. Um, super thankful for my neighbors they consistently checked in on me I guess they you know just humans they understood and um, just tried to make the process really comfortable comfortable for me um, but you know even within the pandemic I ended up um, having my contract end with the company I was working with so it was like another weight of oh my gosh like what am I going to do but um, I just continue to be persistent and now um, I was recently hired so I'm going to be working with um, a hospital in one of their community um, center areas um, again just doing counseling going into communities really um, working with um, a bit more of a vulnerable population so um, I'm, I'm super excited for that because um, I don't know I just I really like bringing hope in places that it's needed so um, it'll be a new journey for me, a little bit of a new challenge, but um, I'm down for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Uh, happy <laughs> Thank for you. you. I know when I first talked to you, you know, you were still in, kind of in that uh, little bit of yeah. an un unknown area in terms of your future. So I'm glad that uh, things have worked mm -hmm. out for you. 
And thank you for yes. doing this and for being part of the campaign. Yes. Um, you're a great voice uh, for mental health, and we're happy to have you. Thank you. Thank And thank Ontario Shores. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. This is, uh, we couldn't. <laughs> It's, this campaign is uh, very powerful, but it's only as powerful as the people that we have uh, in front of the camera, mm -hmm. if you will. So um, mm -hmm. to you and all the participants, like you're what drives this and you're what's going to drive change. So hats off. Awesome. All right. Take care, <laughs> Alrighty.